Good morning, baby gamers. This is Breaking the Lore. The show where two girlfriends dig deep. To find the weirdest and most obscure bits of trivia. I'm Nissa's girlfriend, Sarah. And I'm Sarah's girlfriend, Nissa. So buckle up, because tonight's episode is... What's this? What's this? Nissa singing a song. What's this? What's this? This bit can't go on long. What's this? I can't come up with more lyrics. I guess the song is ending now. What's this? Um, The Nightmare Before Christmas, if, if you couldn't tell by that really atrocious parody. <laughs> the the what mare before this, miss? Do you think before you speak, or do you just say whatever comes into your head? <laughs> I never thought before I spoke in my life. It really does show, sweetheart. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, um, this episode is The Nightmare Before Christmas. I completely wung that parody I, I put maybe like 10 seconds of thought into the lyrics as you can very clearly tell maybe i'll record a full version for patreon maybe i won't who knows um but uh i think you did a good job you think so I, I yeah. it's, it's kind of off the cuff it was cute it was cute okay i'm glad it was cute um <laughs> what is what's your experience with the nightmare before christmas well i saw it as a kid and I liked the movie. I thought it was pretty good. Um, I tend to watch it around the holiday season every year because I enjoy it. And um, mm -hmm. I will die on the hill that it is a Christmas movie. Oh, you're jumping the gun a little bit. I was I was going to ask you that after we were done with oh, our experiences. Wow. So I guess, <laughs> well, we know where you stand on that now. Yeah, we can, yeah. Um, I... When I went to Disneyland, I bought a Jack Skellington Mickey ear hat. Aww. Um, this would have been about 2011 or something. Oh. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's, uh, I, ju I just, I think it's a good movie. I, I, wa I try to watch it every year. I just, I like it a lot. It's fun. Yes. I don't have much, like, anything special about it. I just like it. Pretty good. Pretty good. Um, I watched it later in life. Um, I remember when I was a little kid, I was like really scared of anything like remotely associated with scariness. Um, Aww. so like skeletons or like, like even, yeah, like even, even like a skull was too much for me. So I was just a very easily scared kid. I remember the first time I saw anything about it was an episode of, um, oh my God, what was that show called? It, it wasn't Home Improvement. It was like. Cause that's a that's a sitcom. It was um that one where they like go to people's houses and they like revamp them. Extreme Makeover Home Edition. That show. Oh, okay. Um, the like literal only episode of that show I've ever seen involved um the son was like a big fan of Nightmare Before Christmas, so he had a Nightmare Before Christmas themed room in the in the revamp. Um, and I remember I like was just like mortified because this was still when i was like really scared of everything and i was like who would want a room like that like how would you sleep um but um so yeah so i so i avoided it for a while and then i think sometime in high school i like eased up and um i watched it i watched it at some point in high school for the first time and i really liked it i, I found it really enjoyable i didn't get like super into it or make it my whole personality or like anything like that but um I, I really liked it. Um, I thought it was I thought it was a really fun movie. Um, I had an ex who was super into it um, during college. Um, 
that's about it. It's always been a kind of like background interest, like something I don't really think about, but like when it comes up, I I'm like, oh, I, I like that movie. It's it's a really good movie. I enjoy watching it. Yeah, that's that's how I feel too. Like um, I don't think about it much, but when I do, I'm like, that's a good movie. I like watching it. Yeah, like it's it's not my favorite movie. It's not um a movie I think about all the time, but it's a movie I genuinely really enjoy watching. Um, I was really excited that we were doing this episode, and I and I really enjoyed watching it before recording, so we could kind of get the vibe and get some information. Um, mm-hmm. um, it's got such a fun aesthetic, I think. It, it is. No, yeah, I, I agree with that. And and backing off, um, piggybacking on that, and what you said, I I also think it's a Christmas movie. Um, okay, I think good. It, I think it can be watched in both seasons. I'm not like super. I'm not gonna like come down on anyone for watching it on Halloween, but um, I think it's a Christmas movie with Halloween aesthetics. Um, is how I would describe it. That's exactly what it is. Yeah, because like it's it's about, about like what if Halloween Christmas. tried to be yeah. Christmas? Yeah, it's it's about Christmas. It just has Halloween aesthetics. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's why it's like fun to watch in like early November. Well, yeah, I was just as like one of one of your first Christmas movies of the season. I think is a great time to watch it. I was just about to say I remember someone making a case um, that over the garden wall is less of a before Halloween thing and more of a like November thing since the like plot of the thing takes place through like Halloween through to winter. Um, I mean, it really is, especially like, I mean, it aired like the first week of November. Yeah. So like, like, I could see this being like a similar sort of thing where like kind of the ultimate time to watch it is like that November holiday transitional period. Yeah. That transition between Halloween and Christmas. I know Thanksgiving exists, I but who cares? <laughs> I know you have very strong feelings about Thanksgiving. I don't have very strong feelings about it. I should clarify, you have very strong negative feelings about Thanksgiving. But um, I just, I think it's kind of lame. <laughs> I know you do. I know. <laughs> but um, but yeah. Um, so yeah, I think that covers all of the things I want to say about my background with. Nightmare Before Christmas, but since you took my previous question that I was going to ask before we got into the lore. Um, Sorry. Yeah, you should be. Um, what is your favorite background Halloween Town resident? Because I remember we talked about this when we were watching the movie. Okay, background Halloween Town residents. Um, I like, um, I like the, like, bat guy that walks on his wings oh yeah that's that one's fun um i think that one's called the demon kid or something like that uh yeah and i like the one that's like the guy that has the hat and there's like a smaller version of him that it it was inside the hat with a smaller version of him inside the hat that one's funny the like matryoshka mr hyde guy yeah 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 Yeah, that's a good one (laughs) you got you got good taste um i like good i mean you know my favorite ones are um I have, like, three favorites. I like the, like, mermaid swamp lady with, like, the fin ears. Oh, I like um, her, too. Yeah. She's she's really cool. Um, I actually have a... Ooh, I have more favorites, actually. Because I also really like the hanging tree. Um, but, I mean, that's just because I really like plant monsters. So, like, the hanging tree is pretty much a shoo-in. Um, and then I also like the like the little mummy kid and um, the one-eyed... Mm-hmm. The, like, the monster with the big green one-eye yeah so i have four favorites but (laughs) 
I, this movie has good character design. It does. Like, that's why I decided to salvage the Q&A with, with that. Because um, I think <laughs> it has a lot of really fun background characters. And a lot of, like, fun, creative. And especially impressive when you consider that, like, all of them are handmade. Like, yeah. play figures. Like, the amount of work that went into making this movie is ridiculous in a good way. It's so cool. Stop motion is impressive and you can do it well oh yeah like the fact that the movie is as beautiful and well animated as it is is astounding and i've never understood stop um stop motion from a perspective of how to make it look look good so i i'm really impressed whenever i see a really good stop motion film Mm -hmm. but um that's enough meandering i think so let's you know break the lore (laughs) all right we're breaking some lore all right so um i mean i guess an important thing when establishing the lore of this is kind of breaking down first where this lore comes from um because it's not just a movie um it's not the movie is definitely the most popular part of this but it's actually a, a multimedia a very small multimedia franchise there's the movie the nightmare before christmas there is a, you know what, I'm going to go in actually timeline order. There is a video game on, I believe, the Game Boy Advance um, called The Pumpkin King, which is the beginning of the timeline. Then there's the original movie, The Nightmare Before Christmas. There's another video game, um, The Nightmare Before Christmas, Oogie's Revenge, um, which is a sequel. It's, it's about a direct sequel. I think it takes place like a year later. And then a comic, Zero's Journey. Um, which is very hard to find online and um we really couldn't find it <laughs> we read like the first issue and and then tried to find synopses it's it's very hard to dig up but um it wasn't even like the first issue it was like the free comic day preview free comic book day preview issue that's all we could find it was better than nothing it, it gave us it was it gave us like probably what i think is going to end up being the most important lore from that comic so all right we, we found something interesting there um, and then there's an, an epilogue to the film that takes place many years in the future, which I assume would be after every other piece of media in the series mm-hmm. um, yeah. on the soundtrack CD to the original film. So that's everything we're working with material-wise. That's where all of this is drawn from. Um, we've just watched the movie. Like like um, like I said, we, we read a little bit of the Zero's Journey comic and... Um, I watched the cutscenes for Oogie's Revenge, but um, that's about it for the rest of it. Um, I do want to play it, though. It looks fun. Um, it does look fun. For people that don't know it, um, which I assume is a lot of people because I had never heard of it, um, it's a... The gameplay is Devil May Cry inspired. It's it's a third-person 3D action beat-em-up. Um jack gets this weapon called i I think it's like the soul stealer or something like that and it's um this like you know those you know those um those like green sticky hands stick hands yeah yeah i love those those lime green and like they're like on a on a like tether and you like wing them around yeah you whack them it's literally one of those that is his main weapon in the game is is the soul stealer but it's it's just a green sticky hand i love that (laughs) So yeah, it's it's Devil May Cry, but like you're playing as Jack with a green sticky hand. So it, it looks like a ton of fun. I'd honestly love to play it at some point. Um, 
I, I like um, Bayonetta and Devil May Cry and, and games like that. Um, yeah, like 3D beat 'em up. But um, yeah. So that's again, that's just kind of what we're dealing with. Um, but yeah, like I said, there's a lot of interesting lore to dig into. Um, but actually, I believe not technically within the canon of this multimedia franchise, but there is actually one more piece of media relating to this. And I believe you researched that. You looked into it. Yes, so I read the original poem that the uh, movie was based on, and, like, it's honestly, like, it follows, like, the, the movie follows the poem actually really well, really closely. Um, um, the poem was written by... Tim Burton. Ah, okay, so... That's why it's Tim Burton's The Nightmare Before Christmas. He wrote the poem, he didn't direct the movie. Right, because he didn't, it, it's, a mis, it's a misnomer that he directed it, it was it was Henry Selleck, I think. Um, yeah, it was Henry Selleck. Directed um, the movie. Tim Burton gets all the credit. He, he just he just had the idea. He didn't make it. Yeah, and he wrote the poem. So yeah, <laughs> poem, uh, yeah. tell me about the poem. I want I want to hear about it. So yeah, um, it it follows the plot of the movie. You know, Jack's like depressed about Halloween, and he's like he stumbles onto Christmas Land and everything. Um, but where it diverges mm-hmm. is Jack's like motivation. Yeah, because like he isn't just like. He doesn't just, like, want to try out Christmas. Uh-huh. He, like, thinks it's an injustice that all the Halloween people are, like, they just have to scare. They don't get to be jolly. Oh, so he doesn't, so what he... So he doesn't like Halloween. Like, like, he likes Halloween, but he doesn't like that they have to be... Like, in the movie, he's kind of bored midlife crisis-y, but he seems to, like, enjoy that their lot in life is Halloween. He just wants to spice it up. Yeah. Um, so what he says in the poem, this is the actual quote, why is it that they get to spread laughter and cheer while we stalk the graveyards, spreading panic and fear? Well, I could be Santa, and I could spread cheer. Why does he get to do it year after year? Outraged by injustice, Jack thought and he thought. Then he got an idea. Yes. Yes, why not? And then he he goes to kidnap Santa Claus. So in this version, Jack sounds pretty different, actually. Like, he doesn't sound, yeah. like, he doesn't sound like he's got that, like, malaise, like, very just, like, he's just tired. He sounds like he's vindictive. He sounds like angry. Yeah. Like, like it doesn't sound like he like gets bored and wants to experiment. It sounds like he's like, I'm like, Jack's fucking pissed. Um, exactly. Yeah. And like he like tells Santa Claus that he he gets to go sleep in a coffin now. It's his turn, to Santa Claus. <laughs> Harsh. That's <laughs> yeah. And he he doesn't he he isn't like make Santa feel good just give him a break he's like no go kidnap him <laughs> force him to come here we're we're, we're taking over Christmas so it's a lot uh, it's a lot more uh, he's a lot meaner in this one no yeah I don't, I don't think I can see why they changed it I don't I don't think he'd make like the most sympathetic protagonist um I mean I think he'd still be a protagonist but I don't think he'd be quite as sympathetic as the more. Heroic. Yeah, like in the movie, Jack's a lot more like well-meaning. He's just trying to have a good time, but he does it a bad way. Like in this <laughs> case, he's like an interesting example of like a sort of like villain where you can understand the justification, but he's still like acting in vindictive, cruel ways. Mm-hmm. He's 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 stealing Christmas, is what he's doing. He's, he's being Grinch. Um, yeah. <laughs> but um, he almost sounds like a uh, composite of of Jack and Oogie Boogie. Is is Oogie in the original poem? There is no mention of any sort of Oogie Boogie type. There's really, 
there's really not any other characters mentioned for like in the poem. It's really just Jack and Zero. So it's just it's just Jack Zero and Santa. There's no like Sally, yeah, or Boogie, or any they of it? they don't mention any other characters. They mention like people existing. Like Santa has elves, and there's like citizens of Halloween Town, but they don't give names to any of them or anything. Interesting. Um, but I mean, that makes sense when you adapt a poem into a feature length film, you have to, <laughs> you gotta add some meat there. You gotta, <laughs> gotta pad the runtime and put some more things in. So it, it definitely makes sense that, um, that Oogie would, um, be added to the film. But that's, that's yeah, interesting. Oogie was obviously added so to make Jack a more sympathetic protagonist. So yeah. like, he's not doing bad stuff. It's Oogie that's doing the bad stuff sort of taking out jack's worst qualities and giving them to oogie boogie softening his edges but yeah i mean oogie boogie's an interesting one in general he's he's a very strange um character in in tell me about it yeah no there's a lot of like interesting stuff he gets expanded a lot in both um the pumpkin king and oogie's revenge where he's the main villain of both um, Zero's journey, he just appears as, like, a statue in the graveyard. He's he's very much gone for real that time. Um, I, I believe, um, <laughs> yeah. I believe Zero's journey is the end of the, is the end of the timeline, minus the, the CD epilogue. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so, he's got, like, a whole variety of powers that you don't really see in, um, the original film. Um, at one point in Ogi's Revenge, or at several points, rather, he can control his shadow like a monster. Um, he can just have his shadow, like he can move through his shadow, like his physical body staying in his yeah. lair. But like he can attack people and control things with his shadow as like a proxy, sort of astral projecting type stuff. That's um, weird. <laughs> it is. No, yeah, because <laughs> you don't fight Oogie Boogie himself until the very end of the game. Um, but you have several boss fights with Oogie Boogie, and, like, each time it's just his shadow. Um, even when you go to his lair and, like, fight him in his casino, he's like, hey, 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 it was just my shadow the whole time. That was not a good impression of him. That's my own take on him. That's that's my version. Um, um, Let's reboot Nightmare Before Christmas. We got our Oogie Boogie voice actor here. No, that was really bad. Um... Distraction. Um, another power he has is um, there's this interesting part. He like at the end of Oogie's Revenge for the final boss, he like becomes huge. Like I guess this makes sense with the fact that he's composed of like a bunch of bugs all like sort of clinging together with like a presumably like some kind of master bug, um, and like all wrapped up. But like. At the end of the game for the final boss, he, like, falls, and then a bunch of bugs come over and, like, bring more, like, fabric and garbage and things, and they make him into this gigantic Oogie Boogie. Um, so Oogie I think Boogie Dynamaxes. Yeah, no, well, no, he, he, he Gigantamaxes, because he looks quite different. He's got, like, spikes and, like, different colors. He's got this, like, giant, like, weird thing over his heart. He, like, like he Gigantamaxes. Um... <laughs> But, um, so yeah, it, it's interesting that, like, he has a lot more powers than he kind of shows off, um, but maybe that's why, um, Lock, Shock, and Barrel seem to, seem to worship him? I, I noticed that- They really we were... do, it's weird. Yeah, like, I noticed that when we were watching the movie, I've never noticed it before, but, like, um, in, in their song, when they're going to Oogie Boogie's, 
when they like feed the bug cage down um they like kneel and pray um okay like i think it's i think it's the two boys they like get on their knees and they make like prayer hands as the girl like sends the bug down like it- either okie boogie is god or could kill god <laughs> But yeah, no, it, it very much reads as like, um, it very much reads as like a, a like praying, like sacrifice to a god type thing. It's it's really interesting. And um, I kind of wish it was delved into more. I think that'd be my one complaint with the expanded universe of Nightmare Before Christmas. Um, uh, you know what? Yeah, the story group really needs to get on that. Listen, it's, it's a valid, like, we see... Lock, shock, and barrel working for him in every story that includes him. But we never, like, really find out, like, why. Like, we don't really, like, yeah. hear kind of like Oogie Boogie. Kind of feel like Oogie Boogie just doesn't get, like, any explanation. Well, he gets some degree of explanation. He does. Not Lock, shock, and barrel. Um, if you want, I, I mean, he actually does have a relatively detailed backstory, which is rather interesting. Um, I'm listening. So he's not from Halloween Town. He's not. Nope. He was originally his own holiday mascot. Um Boogie Boogie apparently was once the holiday mascot of a holiday called Bug Day. Um Um why why was there a Bug Day? I don't know. But there was in some country or somewhere celebrated a holiday called Bug Day. Um, maybe it was a bug tournament like in Animal Crossing. I, I, I don't really know. I don't, <laughs> I don't think the wiki had much information on Bug Day. I think it's just casually mentioned in Pumpkin King um, at some point. Um, but so he's he was the mascot of Bug Day. And... Um, this actually brings us to what's going to become a very long and interesting discussion, which is how the world works and how the holiday worlds work. Because do you want to know the reason why he's in um, Halloween Town now? Desperately. Um, Bug Day World doesn't exist anymore. Um, it just doesn't exist? It just stopped existing? Apparently... Um, people stopped celebrating Bug Day, and because people stopped celebrating it, um, the world disappeared. He didn't die, and presumably all the bugs from- presumably the bug that is his, like, brain or, like, his head bug was, like, the actual mascot, and, like, all the other bugs were, like, the other citizens, and they all, like- this is me speculating, there's no- information okay. on this but I'm, I'm speculating that like the head bug was like the mascot and the other ones like all banded together to make oogie boogie um and he goes like it takes refuge at halloween town because his world just doesn't exist anymore um which directly leads into his motivation for how he gets banished in the first place which is that he tries to take over halloween town with bugs to make it new bug town like he he tries to turn Halloween into Bug Day too, essentially. Um, 
So he can. But like, would that work though? Because like, if bug, if Bugland, Bugtown, uh-huh. stopped existing because people stopped celebrating Bug Day, uh-huh. then wouldn't turning Halloween Town into Bugtown make it stop existing? Because that's not going to make people celebrate Bug Day instead of Halloween. Well, that's. I mean, that's the question. Like, I guess maybe if he successfully rebranded Halloween to a bug-based holiday in the real world, but. I, I don't know. I, I genuinely don't know if his plan holds any weight. Like, he, he sure tries, but I don't know if he would be <laughs> able to successfully do it. Um, gotta respect the hustle. You, you do. But that brings me to what I think is going to be the meat of this episode, like I said. And so holidays, if they stop existing, they... I mean, if people stop celebrating them, their world stops existing. So I'm going to put a pin in that, and we're going to come back to it after a little more discussion. We're going to circle back to it. Okay. So, pop quiz. What are the holiday doors in Nightmare Before Christmas as seen in the video games, comics? Like, what are the only doors we see per all of the extended media? Halloween. Uh Uh-huh. Christmas. Yep, you got the easy ones. Thanksgiving. Mm-hmm. Easter. Yep. Valentine's Day. Uh-huh. St. Patrick's Day. Yep. And the 4th of July. Nailed it. Perfect score. Okay. Um, oh, yeah. 100%. So, these holidays exist. And furthermore, they're all like very Americanized versions. Well, I mean, they're also all very American holidays in general. Um, yes. Like, it's Valentine's Day. It's not, for example, um, Red Day, White Day, I think is what Japan celebrates, like, in Leah of Valentine's Day. Um, it's, um, uh, it's, it's Halloween, which is a very American holiday in general. Um, Thanksgiving, like, it's not, like, Canadian Thanksgiving or, like, um... Yeah, no, it's the American Thanksgiving. It's American yeah. Thanksgiving, um... I mean, we assume, like, well, it presumably, we don't that's... actually, we don't, we don't see the world. I guess a turkey that's door. true. I, I am making some assumptions based on the fact that Christmas and Halloween um, are, like, celebrated in their very, like, traditional American ways. And um, Valentine's Day would possibly also be. Um, I'm making, yeah, I'm making an assumption. But um, I think it's an educated guess. Um, but, um, so, like, that's, uh, that always struck me as interesting. It struck me as very interesting that, well, Independence Day, there we go. We don't need to look anywhere further to see a holiday that is there that is very American-centric. Like, it's very clearly 4th of July. Um, Yeah, it's a firework door. It's a firework, yeah. So, like, it's very clear, like, we have these only seven and all very American-centric. Like, we're missing, we're missing tons of holidays, obviously. Like, there's no Hanukkah door, Kwanzaa, like, Boxing Day, Yom Kippur, April Fool's Day, Arbor Day. I could just rattle off holidays all, all episode. I could list them till I'm blue in the face. And, and there's... Well, tons. hold on. Um, I'm holding. There doesn't need to be an Arbor Day door, because all of the doors exist in Arbor Day land, because it's full of trees, baby. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> that's all i got i guess these I guess, are the jokes people i guess these you're the right jokes. i guess maybe you're right 
<laughs> so that brings me to my next point before we circle back. Um, in the first song, just kidding, in Jack's introduction song, is that is that part of the This Is Halloween song? What do you mean? What, what Jack's part like, about? when he sings about being the Pumpkin King, is that part of... Is that like the end of that song or is that a separate song? It doesn't matter. That's a separate song. Yeah. Um, but yeah. So in Jack's song where he introduces himself, he specifically mentions being known throughout England and France. And that struck me as very strange um, because I took French for several years in high school and middle school. I, I don't remember any of it. So please don't ask me to say anything. In it. I, I cannot speak French despite studying it for many years. Um, but I remembered when we were taking that class, a very specific mention that Halloween isn't really a thing there. Um, it has, I did, I did a bunch of research into it because I didn't want to just be baselessly saying things. And Halloween has started to uptick a little bit in France. Um, like I believe in, wasn't it the, the nineties there started to be like little like costume parties at bars yeah, like hipsters would be celebrating, like, starting in the 90s. Yeah, like, starting in the 90s, there were small Halloween celebrations. In the modern day, um, trick-or-treating still isn't much of a thing, but, like, there's, like, more celebration, like, a little more. It's picking up a bit, but it's still not, like, a widely nationally recognized holiday. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. And, um, yeah, so it, it struck me as weird researching that that like jack is known throughout france as a holiday figure despite halloween not really being a thing in france um well maybe uh-huh maybe he just likes to go to france to scare people maybe he's not associated with halloween there he just scares people and they're like oh a skeleton man oh <laughs> I mean, I guess that's possible, but do you- Or, sorry, 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 they, they'd be French, they'd be like, Oh, the skeleton man, ho, 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 ho. No. Uh, <laughs> no. You said, you, wow. <laughs> I'm going to move past that. Um, so, okay. um, <laughs> so, anyway, um, like, I guess that's possible, but, like, I guess that raises the question, how much do you think they leave- their specific holiday realms outside of their holiday that's a really good question because like we know they're not limited to leaving on their holiday correct because jack's able to just go christmas yeah christmas, like, christmas he wouldn't be able like, to leave for christmas if they had to stay any day that isn't their holiday but how much do you because i got i get the sense from the movie that they really don't leave except for their holiday and that it's, like, even strange that Jack leaves on Christmas. Because, I mean, Sally doesn't like it. She says it's dangerous. Which yeah. implies to me that it just doesn't happen. I guess, I don't know. It, it's a, Most of them probably don't leave. Maybe some of them do. Like, maybe, like, the vampires do if they have to go feed. But, like... I guess. I don't know. I just, the entire, we can, we can agree to disagree. We've, we've disagreed on lore in the past, but I personally, my interpretation is that they don't really leave except for their holiday and that it's viewed as very strange and even dangerous for them to do the opposite of that. I, 
I agree. I don't think they do it on the regular, but... And it's probably frowned upon, but it's not impossible. So, which brings me to my next point, which is... Do you think, based on everything that we know, which, recapping, there are seven confirmed holidays, there seems not to be more holiday doors based on all the extended media, which... In, in Oogie's Revenge, I forgot to mention, the main plot involves Oogie kidnapping all of the holiday leaders, and it is that seven. Um, we conveniently don't see the leaders. Um, <laughs> do you want to speculate on who the rest of them are? I mean, we know Jack, we know Santa, we know the Easter Bunny. Um, I mean, I think most of them are pretty obvious. There's like Cupid, Cupid Uncle Sam. Yeah. <laughs> Uncle Sam. Is it like Uncle Sam? Is, is it like one of those like parade Uncle Sam's with like the stilts, like the super long? Like... Oh, for sure. I this guy's probably like ten feet tall. He's constantly pointing at people like I want you. <laughs> so like, I bet that's his whole thing. Like I want you. So let's uh let's put a pin in all of that actually, um, because I think this is going to become a bigger discussion than I thought it was going to. And um, I'm interested, and I think our audience will be too. But I want to finish talking about the holiday thing before we get too off track and and everyone forgets what we were talking about in the first place. (laughs) So, yeah, so we have these seven holidays, um, all very American-centric. Like I said, the plot of Oogie's Revenge, um, he kidnaps all the holiday leaders, and it is the seven. because he calls himself the seven holidays king. That's what he's trying to do. He's trying to become the king of all the holidays. And there's seven. And we know from Bug Day, like I said, that holidays disappear if they are not celebrated. Do you believe that, or do you agree with the theory that I am now coming up with, that the Nightmare Before Christmas world takes place in an alternate history where for some reason or another the entire world celebrates only the seven same holidays in the same sort of way that americans conceptualize them i don't think so you don't and i'll say this i think it's because other holiday holidays have their like other countries have their own holiday lands so do you think that the events of so you think that there's different clumps of trees for different countries and the events of um nightmare for christmas are exclusively limited to the american clump of trees um yes but i also do think that like holiday lands can be shared by some countries like countries that celebrate christmas mostly the same way would have the same christmas land but that raises the question of um, if Oogie Boogie, like, why would he limit himself to just the American ones then? If, by the nature of some of them being shared, he presumably knows that there are other countries worth of lands. Maybe he doesn't know. But if, like, the Christmas one per se is is shared, wouldn't he be able to find out that way? I mean... He probably could have found out if he tried to do that research, but maybe he just didn't. Maybe he was just like, he was like, oh, there are seven doors. There are seven holidays. I will take over all of them. All right. But maybe then... he didn't, he just didn't think about it hard enough. He didn't look for more holidays. Okay. 
will you grant that it takes place in an alternate history where Halloween became a mainstream holiday in France by the 90s? It probably does, yeah. Because I'd say even if you're right about other clumps of trees for other countries existing, which I actually I, I do agree with now that you posit it, it makes a lot of sense to me. Um, it's still a little confusing, but I think it, it works. It's, it's less confusing than trying to imagine how the world got distilled to seven Americanized holidays. <laughs> um, I think it takes a little less mental gymnastics than trying to figure out that one. So, yeah. um, so I think you might be right about that. But um, so, but I think that it still has to, to function with the lyric of the song mentioning France. I think it still has to have France accepting, presuming that this movie takes place in the 90s because it came out in the 90s. I don't really remember what level of technology um, the houses in the Christmas section had, I think. Didn't they have, like, landlines, I want to say? <clears throat> they, yeah, they definitely did. Um, there were phones and cars and stuff. I just... It could really probably take place anytime the latter half of the 1900s, but I don't see any reason to overthink it. It just takes place in 1993. Yeah, so... But yeah, so, so then the only real AU would be... Um, England and France have both adopted um, Americanized Halloween as a mainstream holiday by the by the nineties in this mm -hmm. AU. Mm -hmm. I believe that. All right, so I think we really kind of hammered that all down. Um, it is interesting to me though that um, the holidays disappear if they stop being celebrated. I think that, which kind of, if you if you think about it, like. Do holiday lands just, like, start existing as soon as people like, just, like, make up a new holiday? And are those populated? Just how are they populated? Well, see, that's interesting to think about because another song mentions um, the, the, like, opening song when he's like, mm, let me take you to a place you've seen in your dreams, like that, that, um, that song. It mentions specifically that this is where the holidays come from. And I believe there's actually even extended lyrics that I don't remember from the movie, but maybe I just have a poor memory of the song lyrics in the movie that say that this is where like the holidays got invented and brought to the human world from, which implies that the existence of the worlds, that the worlds exist before, um, before the holidays exist, but then they also die off after the holiday dies off. Yeah, see those, two facts i don't think they can coexist they i don't can't. think the i don't think the holidays can exist because the worlds exist and i also don't think the worlds can exist because the holidays exist well like it's one of those things oh it's chicken like, or the egg it's chicken or the egg okay well like i guess well yeah it's chicken <laughs> or the egg but i think it's also like like i know there's been i can't think of one offhand because i don't think percy jackson did this but i think there's been maybe dc comics i want to say i don't know but there's some media with like pantheons of gods where like it has the same like weird conundrum where like the gods existed before the humans but if humans stop believing in the gods they lose their power or fade away so like that that like weird like like maybe so maybe the holidays like exist they existed but they need to be celebrated to like keep existing I think that's what it has to be. I think they like existed first, 
But then, like, once they get out there in the world, they're dependent on public opinion, I guess. Um, so there's some, there's some kind of holiday god that makes holidays, and if those holidays do not stick with the general population, those holidays just die off? Holidays are products. They're, the, the manufacturer makes them, and, and if they don't sell well, discontinued. <laughs> oh, I know who the holiday god is. Yeah. Hallmark. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, Hallmark's a holiday god in real life. Hallmark is... Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but but Hallmark is a god that plays favorites. We, we all oh, know for Hallmark. sure. We all know Hallmark's favorite child. <laughs> Maybe that's why Jack's so bitter. You ever, you ever see a Hallmark Halloween movie? No. I, in fact, They've made Fall Harvest movies. <laughs> fall Harvest. Fall Harvest movies that are literally just the same as the Christmas movies. They just happen to take place during the fall. Like They just have orange leaves and apple cider. Literally. Like, like the Christmas movies. This isn't a Hallmark episode, but it's becoming one. Like, the Christmas movies, um... Like, some of them depend on Christmas. Like, they have Christmas as a huge plot point. The yeah. Fall Harvest movies, it, it never matters that it's Fall Harvest. Like, even ones where it's, like, the Harvest Festival, you could substitute that out for the Winter Festival because plenty of the Christmas movies have a festival. And <laughs> it, it doesn't make a difference. So, you know what? If I was Jack and I had such a favoritism-playing god as Hallmark, I would also kidnap Santa Claus because... He's had it too good for too long, and I want a goddamn Hallmark Halloween movie. Amen. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, no, I, I think I think there we go. Hallmark is the god of the holidays. He creates the holidays. If they don't sell well, they go on deep discount, like Bug Day, and then they get discontinued. Um, <laughs> so... Um, so that makes sense to me. That that makes a lot of sense to me. All right. We cracked it. We did. We we there you go, guys. You have a very cohesive understanding of how um the holiday worlds work now. Um so before we dig into those more, um well actually you know what now. Let's let's dig into those more first and then we can go back to like how the mechanics of traveling works and things like that. Um so, all right, so we put a pin in this earlier. Um, we were talking about who the leaders of the of the um the holiday lands were, and you had this interesting theory for Independence Day. So um, let's hear it. What, what's your what's your theory on on how Independence Day land works? Okay, so first of all, we got to look at Christmas town, okay? Uh-huh. Christmas town is santa's workshop and we know in real life santa's workshop is at the north pole yes so i believe holiday lands are all just like places on earth that you can physically go to uh-huh which like i mean which works because jack doesn't have to go through a portal to like go spread christmas cheer as spooky santa claus he just flies away well we need to we need to talk more about that in detail because that's the interesting thing that we need to get into so my theory is i think fourth of july town is washington dc <laughs> uh-huh 
That's all I got. <laughs> that's that's what you got. Um, yes, that's that's what I got. It's an interesting. Maybe, maybe Uncle Sam isn't um, the leader. Maybe the leader is just the president of the United States. But that means that the president of the United States at one point got kidnapped by a, a conglomeration of bugs in a burlap sack, and. It was an international incident. I don't know what to tell uh, you. Apparently, I, I mean, I, I mean, I guess technically the Halloween Town doesn't really get the the BBC World News, so um, <laughs> we wouldn't have heard about it during the game, I, I suppose. But okay, then all right, let's let's push this theory. Um, so St. Patrick's Day would be Ireland. Um, Thanksgiving, I assume you're going to say is like Jamestown or something like that. Um, sure. Whatever the original colony was um, that Thanksgiving was allegedly held at. Um, uh, what about what about Valentine's Day, sweetheart? Where 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 does where is Valentine's Day? Um, where does Saint Valentine come from? I don't know. Oh, okay. <laughs> I am not wherever that where, wherever Saint Valentine came from. That's, oh, that's Valentine's Day. Is. We're not gonna we're, we're not gonna do our homework and look it up for the audience. We're just gonna. All right, all right, all right. Um, he was uh, born in Terni in uh, central Italy and died in Rome. Okay, so I guess Valentine's Day land is in, is in Rome, Italy, which... Yeah. See, okay, here's my main issue with this now that I think about it more. This, there's a huge kink in your, like, different, like, tree groups that are, like, different worlds. All right, that's I, true. Okay, so I don't. Okay, so all of them don't necessarily correlate to a real city. Like, Halloween Town isn't a real city. There's just like, probably just somewhere. I mean, maybe it's its own like city state, like its own self-governing <laughs> city state. That's like, I mean, maybe they have a seat in the United Nations. I don't know. I really think that they're all just pocket dimensions, sweetheart. <laughs> then how do they travel? How that's do they travel? We, that's what we need to discuss. Yep. All right, let's get I into think it. You've got a point. That's the next thing we need to discuss. We've got Jack. We've got Santa Claus. We've got the Leprechaun that I assume runs St. Patrick's Day Land. We've got Cupid. We've got Uncle so it's a lucky Sam, charm but like, like the stilts one, like a tall one. Yeah. And then we've got um, a turkey. But like, you know what turkey it is? It's like... You know, like the Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade, that like yeah, big like a giant turkey. turkey with like the, the hat and the and yeah, the, a pilgrim turkey. Like you know, like the stripper collar and like the tie. <laughs> <laughs> yes, um, that's that's the Thanksgiving mascot. I think it, it's that one. I think he has a name, but I I don't know it offhand. Um, but yeah, um, so so we got all of them. And something that we're also going to circle back around to is it's it's highly implied that every holiday has mascots who go out into the real world on their particular holiday. Mm -hmm. I don't want to get into that just yet because it has a lot of implications and we're going to go back to it. But travel. 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 So travel in this series is the most complicated thing I have ever experienced. It makes no sense. It really doesn't. So, okay. So just, just running through the film. Uh -huh. Jack originally arrives at 
the like hall of holiday doors or it's, it's called the hinterlands it's just a forest i don't know why i called it that um so he arrives at the hinterlands um just just running away from halloween town he just runs into a forest and finds the hinterlands um and then but there's also a door for halloween town in there so he's not still in halloween town because there's a door mm-hmm. then later in the film he flies off in in his sleigh um, and is able to just fly away. Um, when he gets shot down, he can go through a mausoleum to get back into Halloween Town. Um, in Oogie's Revenge, um, they, the final battle right before like Gigantamax Oogie is Jack and Oogie racing each other on Santa's sleigh and the like Halloween sleigh that got rebuilt, I guess, for some reason. Um, and... They're like duking it out and they fly from Christmas town to Halloween town. So already we have many contradictory paths to places. I'd also like to point out a huge part of Oogie's Revenge is when you're fighting through the game, you don't collect the holiday mascots to conveniently avoid showing what the ones that they don't know who they are look like. Um, <laughs> But um, you, you find the doors because mm-hmm. Oogie Boogie stole the doors as like a sort of like double kidnapping um, because he kidnapped the leaders and put them in Halloween Town Jail. If the doors are not in their place, you can't travel to that region. Not even from one of the other stated methods? That is the implication because a huge problem is Jack needs to collect all the doors because there's a huge mess where he has to find the Christmas door because Oogie Boogie's about to ruin Christmas. That's that's the climax, by the way. He's he's trying to kill Santa and, and <gasps> steal Christmas again. Um, so um, the, the climax, it's an interesting game, but the climax gets a little derivative of the film. But um, so... But yeah, like a huge like time crunch is like Jack has to find the Christmas door so he can go there before Santa gets killed so he can save Christmas. And so that implies that like this previously stated methods don't work unless the doors are in place, which on its own implies that only the doors can transport you between regions. And then Adding another, like, almost interesting thing to this is the lore that I talked about from Zero's journey. Jack is trying to make a remote that can, like, open portals to the other holiday realms um, with difficulty. He, he's not succeeding. Um, which, now that I think about it, could be interpreted as a way of him trying to get around something like what happened in Oogie's Revenge ever happening again. Um... Do you, do you think that that might be why he's doing it? He doesn't have a I mean, yeah, no. He's just doing That it. would make a lot of sense, especially if Zero's journey is following, like, shortly after um, Oki's Revenge. So, I think, I mean, yeah, I think that's probably what it is. But then, so yeah, so now we have countless contradictory explanations <laughs> for how you travel between realms. It's how- really weird. <laughs> I just, I don't know, I think it's weird... That you can just go into a grave and come out in Halloween Town. Yeah. Like, I don't, I just don't 
understand because like th they obviously have to be real physical locations in the real world or else you wouldn't be able to just like fly between them like santa claus does yeah no it it's very confusing i think I mean, the doors thing might even just not be real because it's only in the video game but like <sighs> the doors are there for a purpose like there's nothing to come yeah, the doors the doors let you travel instantaneously between the holidays. But I don't think it's strictly the only method, because we see multiple ways of transporting yourself. You might be right. I mean, I just, I like to think that because the video game hinges on it so much, and then the Zero's Revenge comic seem not Zero's Revenge, holy shit, um, Zero's, <laughs> Zero's Journey comic seems to bring it back and also hinge on the same point. Um... Because why else would he be working so hard to develop a portal that's not working? Like, if you can travel okay, yeah, you got a point. between them, there's no point to working so hard on an invention that's just failing. Um, yeah. So, I feel like because so much auxiliary media depends on the Doors thing being a thing, I feel like it has to be. Um, if it Okay, it has to be asterisk. If we're trying to break the lore of the entire series and not like, because we can just decanonize right, yeah. everything but the movie, and and then it'll be a shorter episode. And um, yeah, you're right. But um, it's more fun to do it this way. Yeah, it's more fun to try to canonize the whole the whole thing. Um, so I have a theory. Yes, I'm listening. Okay, this is maybe very stupid, but I don't know. Who knows? Oh boy. I don't know. Could be dumb. Oh, good. Um, I think all of them are separate pocket dimensions, but I think they all have a portal like way up in the sky. Because when Oogie's falling in in the end of Oogie's Revenge, when they're flying past Christmas Town and he falls into Halloween Town, he falls like into the darkness and he goes past like these sort of like big spiky tree type things, and it almost looks like he's falling like into a void and then out into Halloween Town. Um, hmm. So my theory is now, I think, um, well, I think, okay, two theories. I think for the mausoleum thing, I think that mascots of their worlds, not necessarily every member, but mascots can have like special shortcuts. Um, but specifically only to their worlds. Like, I think Jack can use mausoleums. That does make sense. Don't know but... what anyone else would use. <laughs> but, um... Well, Santa Claus could probably use chimneys. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, I don't know. I don't know what anyone else would use, though. Like, I don't know, like, what Cupid or <laughs> the Easter Bunny would, <laughs> would use. <laughs> I mean, you're... I get get that but i really do think that like any holiday mascot should like or not even just holiday mascot just anybody from their from hol a holiday town should be able to use those methods to get back to their world like i mean if that's what you're gonna split hairs over i'm fine with that i don't think, okay i don't think that damages my theory at all i was just trying to like make the rules like a little stricter but um if you want, like, slightly looser rules that don't break anything, I don't... Sure. Like, that's that's fine with me. Um, I just... Okay. One thing that's, like, 
getting to me and probably doesn't really matter but like uh-huh. in the zero's journey comic we see zero go through the halloween portal and come out of oogie boogie's grave right i forgot about that although i mean okay counterpoint do we ever see in any other media anyone going through the pumpkin door maybe that's just the spawn point for halloween town it probably is yeah because like the spawn point for christmas town is you just like show up on a snowy hill um like you don't necessarily like come out the door and end up in like that place's version of the hinterlands um which i'm going to get more into the hinterlands in a second so continuing my theory i i think that each pocket dimension has like you can go out through the roof almost um (laughs) with like the thought being that it's too high for anyone to necessarily fly through if they're not supposed to like santa granted his entire holiday depends on it so right he can fly out through it like granted we don't have much information besides santa on how any of the holidays get between worlds on their holiday um but maybe there's like some kind of special or maybe maybe that just enhances your theory that like that same pathway works like everyone in halloween town goes through a mausoleum spawns in the real world etc um something like that if that makes sense no yeah i get you because i was just thinking because like they talk about how the vampires they Oh yeah, feed. We're, we're so like they to, would need to, yeah. they would need to have a reliable way to get back. So like going through any graveyard would probably. Well, yeah, be. like it's the implication is the citizens of every world, when relevant, because obviously the elves don't go. But like the citizens of every world go out into the world on their Halloween or their their mm-hmm. holiday, and do stuff, which has mm-hmm. more implications. So again, we're putting a pin in that one. Yeah. This episode <laughs> is just pin after pin, but um, we're gonna talk about that again later. Um. But so my theory, yeah. So every world is a pocket dimension. They're like, they're like connected by like a shared sort of like sky zone of some kind um, and can be flown between. Um, And then my like convergent theory, I guess, for the hinterlands is, and and stick with me here because this is going to be maybe kind of off base. I think the hinterlands are almost like the lost woods in Zelda. Like, okay, it's it's like its own pocket dimension, but it's one that like you have Connects to kind all of, the others. Yeah, like it's it's hidden within every other pocket dimension, but you have to find it. Um, that makes actually a lot of sense. Like Jack wanders off into the woods, and it's not that he continues through Halloween Town. And, like, the hinterlands just happens to be in Halloween Town. I think he wanders, without knowing, through a dimensional rift and ends up in the hinterlands. Yeah, because he seems like he doesn't really know where he's going. And he seems kind of confused when he gets there. Yeah. Like, he seems like he just kind of stumbles into the hinterlands and seems extremely confused. Which, you'd think that, like, the king of Halloween Town would be pretty well aware of, like, what's going on in his country especially if there's something as big as like doors to every other holiday like you'd think right he would be quite aware of that as the king of halloween town i mean in general i think it's weird that people like holiday citizens are just are completely unaware that other holidays even exist when they're able to go to the human world at will see that that feeds into my theory that they can only really go on their day um, or that they only really do go on their day. 
Yeah, <laughs> I, th- I think they, ch- yeah, they just choose to only go on their day. I think yeah. for them to not know about the other holidays, I think both the hinterlands has to be something you can only accidentally find and like probably also like a pocket dimension within a pocket dimension. Oh, it's like yeah. Narnia. You can only go there when you're not looking for it. Yeah, like, well, I'd say the, the games predict that because wow. you can, like, go looking for it. But, like, because I know I thought about that, too. I was like, maybe it's, like, I hate to reference something so cursed, but I was like, maybe it's, like, the room of requirement in Harry Potter. Where, um, <laughs> like, you have to, like, need it to find it. But, um, well, actually, that could still work, technically. Um, it could. But either way, I think it's, like, the Lost Woods, where it's, like, a dimensional rift, and you can kind of stumble on it. And it's, like, a weird, magical pocket thing that you can't like find easily you have to just kind of like either know where it is or accidentally find it well yeah i th- I, th- I think if you know where it is you can go to it because like lock shock and barrel just they go there yeah like i think jack was able to tell them like where to find it mm-hmm. um but i think i think it's generally like a hidden dimensional rift type thing and you have to kind of find it to to know where it is um, but that's my theory for the hinterlands and like why I think they're not actually in Halloween Town and why I think it makes sense even still that there's a Halloween Town door because I think that you can find them from any holiday or even the real world. You just have to like stumble upon the access point. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. It's like a real physical location in the world. You just no one knows where it is. Well, I, I mean, I, it's a pocket dimension. Like, I think you can, I think you can access it from the real world. I just don't think it's like, like, I don't think that like the hinterlands is like, oh, the real hinterlands exist in Ottawa, Canada. You have to go to the specific forest, and then bam, there's the holiday doors. I think it's more like you can find an access point somewhere on Earth the same way you can find an access point in Halloween Town, the same way you can find an access point in Christmas Town. Etc. Hey, if somebody could find it, like in the real world, like if, like if some human person could find it, like hey, holiday tourism could be a big industry. Oh, holiday tourism would go crazy. And you know who'd be the captain of it? You know who'd be leading it? Who? I'll give you one hint. It's I'm God. Missing. Hallmark. <laughs> Hallmark has found the perfect place to film all their Christmas movies year round. Yeah, no, exactly. They would just. It would be horrible, actually. It'd, it'd be. Like. I don't want to see capitalism take over the holiday lands. Well, I was going to say, what we're basically suggesting is that Hallmark would imperialize Christmas land. And. I, they would, though. Like, I mean, they would. I'm, I'm, I'm literally not saying that Hallmark wouldn't imperialize all of the holiday lands. I think Hallmark would imperialize all of the holiday lands. They 100% would. They would go for it. Like, I, I 100% believe Hallmark wouldn't imperialize <laughs> and colonize the, the, um, <laughs> the holiday lands. So, so, I mean, there you go, guys. If you want to go looking for the dimensional rift that leads you to the, the hinterlands, um, do it, but maybe, like, be careful about it. Like, there's, I don't know, like, sometimes humanity yeah, like, is not ready for a discovery, you know? Yeah. I mean, if you're, if you're to look for it, you're going to have to be going into some spooky woods. Like, some, there shady characters hang out there. Just, like, be wary. Yeah, like, it's, it's one of those Jurassic Park things, you know? <laughs> like, we could find it. But should we? Yeah. 
<laughs> but yeah, I I think I think that was a pretty good breakdown of all the holiday realms and like how they interact with the real world and I think we kind of solved transportation to a degree unless unless you disagree with anything I, I theorized. Or we broke the lore. We broke the lore again. We're we're breaking it down this episode. We're we're, doing we're breaking really, so much lore. A really good lore breaking job this this episode. So we put a pin. Let's see, what was our last pin? Our last pin was um um the holiday mascots going into the real world. Because I yeah. do want to discuss that more. So yeah, so it's it's implied in, in this film, at least from my understanding, that every holiday has mascots who go out into the real world. Again, this is more of an educated guess. The reason I'm guessing it, and you can feel free to disagree, I'll, I'll give you a chance to disagree with me. Um, I'm agreeing with it so far. Because I think the crux of it is like the fact that Halloween has people who go out and do things on the holiday. Because, like, in the real world, Halloween doesn't have a, like, mascot figure. Like, it doesn't have a Santa, it doesn't have an Easter bunny. It really um, doesn't. Like, I mean, it's just, I guess just all these monsters are just going out. Because that's, that's why people dress up in costumes, so they disguise themselves so the monsters don't get them. Yeah, and, like, and it that's makes... Where, that's where this comes from, like... It makes total sense. Like, I, I'm not yeah. disputing that, like, holiday... I am not disputing that Halloween could function with ghosts and monsters just, like, wandering around i think that makes a lot of sense and i also think that ties into the original like i guess lore tradition i'm not sure what word is the best one for it but like the original sort of the original thought and belief behind the holiday of halloween um so i think it's i think it's even kind of interesting that it, it goes with that because that does again tie into the origin of the holiday more than the modern usage of the holiday um, which is really cool to think about. I like it a lot, yeah. Actually, side note, do you do you think that holidays um, evolve as their um, celebration evolves in the real world? Like, do I, you think? I really think they do. And I feel like the holiday citizens ha- can, like, influence that in some ways. Like, I feel like the way the holiday evolves in the real world and... Like, just what the people who make the holidays want to do are, like, a symbiotic relationship in terms of how the holiday grows and changes across centuries. I agree with that. Because, like, I was, because, like, now I'm thinking about it and, like, with the original sort of basis of Halloween, like, I could see, like, Jack. Totally makes sense. Um, like, Oogie Boogie, even though he's not from Halloween Town, (laughs) he wouldn't have been an original Halloween Town resident. But, like, Jack makes sense. Like, the the corpse family makes sense. Um, things like that. The ghosts. Yeah. Um, and then... Um, but then we also have Lock, Shock, and Barrel. And it almost makes me think that maybe, like, Lock, Shock, and Barrel were later additions to the town. Like, they sort of... I think they are, yeah. Like, they sort of showed up or manifested or... We, we need to put a pin in how these residents come about in the first place <laughs> as well. Um, a lot of pins. So many pins. Um, but like, yeah, they're just like, they're trick-or-treaters, so they probably did just come about when trick-or-treating started to become a popular thing. Yeah, like when it shifted away from, like, festival celebrating, um, spirits being closer to Earth, that sort of, like, um, mm-hmm. belief that I, I might be slightly 
botching the the origin of Halloween, but I believe that's what the basis was. Yeah. Um, and because um, I know it comes from, I think you pronounce it Samain, um, S-A-M-H-A-I-N. Um, uh, but yeah, um, so that's like the origin of it. And um, so like, I don't think that like when it was like uh, Samain town, like Lock, Shock and Barrel would have been there. But I think like as it evolved oh, into yeah. like the more modern trick-or-treating Halloween, that's when like Lock, Shock and Barrel would have sort of manifested. And even part of your theory about the symbiotic relationship, maybe Lock, Shock, and Barrel came about and they made Halloween trick-or-treating come about. Like... Yeah. Chicken or egg again. Like... Yeah. Um, Do they exist because of trick-or-treating or does trick-or-treating exist because of them? I, I really like your symbiotic theory. I think that's a really interesting and, and makes a lot of sense. Mm-hmm. Um for a single movie and like some some subsidiary type things like it it has a ton of very interesting implications with the like hints of world building that we get it's like, it's so weirdly movie... deep like yeah like it's not even a movie that's like ridiculously driven by world building it just like has enough like little bits and hints that like you can find some really interesting things if you probe into it yeah i like it a lot it's really cool oh yeah but okay, so holiday mascots go into the real world. Mm-hmm. That brings me to the next point I have. This world is strange. How so? Well, um, on the more tame side, um, this is something that we're definitely going to address more in our in our Christmas special. But um, this is a rare instance where Santa exists and he's, like, accepted to exist. Um, Yeah, no, he's just a fact of life. Yeah. Like, everything about the Christmas in the real world scenes implies that people know Santa exists and expect him to exist. Like, they're not frightened that someone is breaking into their houses dressed like Santa because it's Santa. They're frightened because it's a Santa imposter. Like, they're mm-hmm. fully expecting someone to have come into their house to give them gifts. They're just frightened that it's a skeleton giving strange monster gifts. Yeah, most of the gifts being sentient creatures that are now attacking them. Yes, that that too. <laughs> <laughs> but, like, if I remember correctly, even, like, the news broadcasts make a bigger deal about it being an imposter than, like, it being, like, yeah. you know? Like, it's just, everything about it leads me to believe that they know Santa exists. So like oh, they 100% do. That's, yeah. So that's the tip of the iceberg. The deeper part of the iceberg. That means that monsters exist once a year. Yeah. Once a year, monsters come to Earth and scare people? But they do more than that. Yeah. Um, Because a line that immediately, I think this was the first note we even took. A line that immediately jumped out at me was in this in this universe. It's it's in it's hinted at in the movie and it's shown more explicitly in Oogie's Revenge. They have like a like an Oscars, Emmys, whatever for Halloween. Um, they <laughs> give awards for who does the best at different things. The line that's mentioned in the movie is "Award for most blood sucked" and it's given to the vampires. That stood out to me because it means. Once a year in this world, 
there's rampant vampire attacks. Just It's really fucked up, yeah. <laughs> just once a year, people get attacked by vampires, and that's just like their life. That's just something they deal with on a yearly basis. That's... And yet people still go out and celebrate Halloween, dress up in costumes, and get candy. Even though they, they know there's a possibility of being attacked by a Dracula or some sort of other monster. Exactly. And it's, it's really interesting to think about how Halloween would be so much different in this world, but it still acts, they still act like it's celebrated the exact same way. Yeah. But like, it would be so, still like, beloved. It'd be so much different. Like Halloween would be a hated holiday across the board. A bloodbath. Like, it'd be like the purge of holidays. Well, honestly, Halloween Town would simply cease to exist. Because well, yeah, nobody would want to celebrate it. People would hate the day so much that they'd just stop celebrating it, and it would stop existing. I guess people just view vampire death. Maybe vampires aren't, like, deadly. Maybe they don't actually kill people in this one. Maybe they just drink a little blood and move on. They still attack them, though. Like They still attack them, but, like, I don't know. I don't know. Maybe it's just not a big deal to them? I mean, if it's a way of... If it's, like a part of their life and they don't die from it, then, like, it wouldn't necessarily be a bigger deal than, like, a mosquito or something. But, like, I still think it's, like, unsettling to think about the fact that once a year you have to expect that you might get bitten and have your blood sucked by a vampire. What's a horrifying idea to us is just daily life for them. They've been living with it for centuries. They don't know any other way. Yeah. It's, it's literally all they've ever known. They've only known they, that they, Halloween, they just accept. Halloween is when monsters exist once a year and, and terrify and also attack people. One thing I think that's, like, really funny, not necessarily, like, lore, but one thing that's really funny to me uh-huh. is um, in, in Jack's, like, song when he's singing um, that he's known throughout England and France. Yeah. He also says that there's one guy in Kentucky for whom he is Mr. Unlucky. And I just really like the idea that he targets this one guy in Kentucky every year. And he's like, the the Kentucky guy's probably just sick of it. He's like, I hate this goddamn skeleton man who's always stalking me on Halloween. I'm sick of it. Do you think, do you think that, um, do you think that this Kentucky man like saw the the fake Santa story on the news and he was like, that's him. That motherfucker. He's the I one. I told you guys. I told you guys he's real. I told you. This is the guy. He's I told coming you, for me again. I told you lanky skeleton man. He's he's out there and he, he ruins my life. Now he's back and he's on its own Christmas. He's gone too far this time. It's one thing on Halloween, but on, on Christmas, he better not this come to most Kentucky. holy of days. Like that that part on um that part in at the end of Jurassic Park three where um the the mom um is like I dare them to nest in Enid Oklahoma like <laughs> this man cocking a shotgun like I dare him to bring that sleigh to Kentucky I'll I'll show this fake Santa Claus what's one <laughs> his nemesis fake Santa Claus Jack. <laughs> I, I I'm just imagining like this Kentucky guy, he he's like he like owns like a bar or something and he's got a picture on the wall of Jack and it's like do not serve this man. <laughs> Absolutely. Like yeah, no, him him as a bar owner would be just hilarious. Like 
Because it's Mr. Unlucky. Maybe he, like, gambles a lot, too. Like, he... Yeah. Maybe, Maybe he comes up to in, in a casino, and immediately he loses a whole bunch of money. He's like, fuck you, Jack. What if Jack is just, like, a really damn good gambler? What if... What if every year Jack goes to a casino that this man frequents on Halloween? Because he never learns his damn lesson. He just <laughs> stopped going to this casino on Halloween. But he's, he always goes, and this man, and Jack just always sits down at his poker table and just clean, takes him to the cleaners. Just absolutely. I don't know what Jack would even do with the money. I, I assume Earth currency doesn't really work in Halloween Town. So. I have no idea. He just throws it away, I guess. But. Um, <laughs> He's doing it literally just to dick on this man. It's really funny. <laughs> Honestly, I'm glad you brought that up because nothing is funnier than speculating, like, why this man and Jack have such a rivalry and what this man's reaction to Jack Christmas is. <laughs> <laughs> So yeah, it definitely leads to some interesting things that monsters and stuff can like go <laughs> into the real world on on on, a, on one day a year, or at least do yeah. go one day a year. They can go more if they want to, but they don't. Um, in theory, something that also struck me in the movie is um. So Jack is the leader of Halloween Town. Yes. Um. I always, I always giggle a little bit when I say that because Halloween Town is also a Disney movie. It is, it seems weird to call it Halloween Town, but um, so um, so he's the leader of Halloween Town and he like leads it. Um, I want to get into the political structure a little more in a little bit, but like that's not what I'm building towards. Um, Santa is the leader of Christmas Town and and leads it, just like real life, um, and. <laughs> The Easter Bunny doesn't seem sentient or, or sapient. I, I always get it confused because I think Star Wars messes I, up and I always yeah. go off of Star Wars. So the Easter Bunny could very well not be sapient, but also could like it's the way it is. It, the, it's the way the Easter Bunny is portrayed is just such a brief scene that like he was just too frightened to say I, anything or have any normal reaction i guess but just the way it, i don't know it just it just seems like a normal animal like it seems it like, does. like yeah acting like an animal it's not like it doesn't have any lines it doesn't like it doesn't even really carry itself in a way that feels human like it just seems like it's acting like a giant bunny yeah but i mean you could also be right and and it could just like have been too scared to like act normal um but it, it, it does seem weird to me that the movie doesn't seem to portray it as a sentient or sapient right yeah that's the only other one we see so we really have no idea what the other ones like what they're like like but then the interesting thing about that is like i feel like the only other one that could be like that is the thanksgiving one like yeah if it's just a giant turkey like, like yeah if it's if it's just like a big big turkey like i think that one would have a chance of being just like possibly just an animal but like i mean yeah. assuming saint patrick's day is a leprechaun assuming 
Valentine's Day is Cupid, assuming Independence Day is tall stilts. Um, American, not American Sam. What is he? Uncle Sam. Uncle Sam. I have an uncle named Sam, so I shouldn't have, shouldn't have messed that one up, but I really dropped the ball. Um, and like Santa, like, yeah, the turkey's the only other one. But I mean, my theory was it was like the Macy's turkey with like the, like, if, if you're not a sapient turkey, you're not wearing that stripper collar and hat, you know? Like, no, like who's putting it on you? Exactly. <laughs> Which I mean, actually, someone else is putting it on you regardless, because you, you're not putting it on with that those wings wait a minute feather feathers ain't thingies it's it's that turkey from uh uh, um chicken little what oh yeah yeah what was (laughs) come on chicken little what was last time you saw it turkey it's a mayor turkey i've seen chicken little in probably 15 years (laughs) yeah I, i haven't seen chicken little in a really long time either i just remember the the mayor's a turkey yeah um but yeah, so I don't know. It it just struck me as kind of weird and um, made me wonder. Like, it made me wonder if like every mascot is like the leader of their country, or like if every country has like as organized of a um, leadership hierarchy as like Christmas Town and Halloween Town seem to. I mean, yeah, like at least Halloween Town, if you're ready to get into the political structure. Yeah, like, let's, let's um, get into it. It kind of seems like like the mayor's like in charge of the town, but Jack's in charge of Halloween. That's what like I Halloween is what their whole town revolves around. But like he's still not like doesn't have anything to do with like the day to day operations of the town. He's just, he just focuses on Halloween. That's what I was thinking because I remember we were talking about it a little bit during while we were watching it. Like I was like, it's it's interesting that like there's the Pumpkin King, but there's also the mayor, and. I think I think that's what it is. I think the mayor handles the day-to-day of, like, running the town. And Jack is, like, the ultimate, like, he's the decision-maker. He rules the country, but doesn't do the day-to-day. And yeah. he does all the day-to-day for Halloween. Like, theoretically, his daily work is planning for Halloween and um, making big decisions. Mm-hmm. But, like, the small minutia would be the mayor. But then also... Also? There's another step in the hierarchy. Um, uh-huh. Because is... Oogie's revenge implies that the vampires are, like, also important political figures within Halloween Town. Are they, like, the city council or something? Either that or, like, advisors to the mayor. Um, okay. So one of the last areas you unlock in the game is the mayor's house. And to get it you go to the vampire's mansion and in the mansion granted okay so this is the little like luigi's mansion where like some of the facts that ghosts didn't have keys you can hand wave is just a video game but some of it like it seems like the story like like shivers having melody's key like you can like make a story out of that so fast forward to oogie's revenge which i think is also a gamecube game so it's not really fast forward so much as like (laughs) go forward a month or two or something to when this game came out. But, um, so the vampires, when you visit them to get the key to the mayor's house, one of them specifically says for centuries, the vampires have been trusted with the key to the mayor's house. Like the sort of like backup mayoral key. 
in case something happens to the mayor. So I think the vampires are also in some, some way important to the structure. I think they're like his advisors or his backup. It definitely seems like they're the line of succession if, if something happens to the mayor. Um, it definitely seems like they would be the ones to, to step up and take over the day to day. So Jack doesn't okay. have to. Yeah. That's interesting. I didn't know that. Um, yeah. Like there's no, it's not really something that we can like speculate on for hours. Like the other stuff. It just, it struck me as interesting because I was again, very interested in the political structure of Halloween town. Um, I do want to talk about the mayor real quick. Yeah. Well, what do you got to say about the mayor? Cause like, okay. So he's like one of the more like, other than like the way his head is like that. He's like one yeah. of the more like human looking people in the town. Yeah. And like, so why is he like the leader of all these spooky monsters when he doesn't really look that much like a monster? But then I realized in real life, the real monsters are the two-faced politicians. <laughs> <laughs> you you segued the entire show for that joke, but it was it was worth it. I, I liked it. It was so worth it. <laughs> You you could say politicians in general are the the politicians in general, but he is two faced, which is some cutting political commentary from the Nightmare Before Christmas. (laughs) I I remember you said that when we were watching it the first time his head spun. You were like, "That's some cutting, (laughs) some some true political commentary." (laughs) Still still holds up. It's been it's still funny. It's been like thirty years, and 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 the. The joke about two-faced politicians still still really holds up today. I think uh, I made a joke about his like his one face being orange. I, I think <laughs> I think that was that's that even was funnier today than it was. My, my attempt at cutting political commentary was was joking that his one face is orange. Orange man bad. <laughs> but um, but yeah, no. Then I I think I think. The mayor has what you would call informative design, and I—I I mean, I think, I think it was definitely intentional. I mean, there's a line. Oh, it was for sure intentional. There's a line where he's like, "I can't make decisions. I'm an elected official." Like, he's, I, Tim Tim Burton writing that one was, or whoever wrote the script. I don't think that was even Tim Burton. I think it was. No. I think, I think uh, there was a different scriptwriter. It wasn't Henry or Tim. I don't think. But um, whoever, whoever it was written by like two or three people, I think was but, very uh, like they had a they had an agenda and they and they knew what they were going for. <laughs> hey, the uh, the political implications of the Nightmare Before Christmas. That's a video essay somebody can make. <laughs> you you heard it, guys. The uh, next next video essay. Give me give me a long one about the mayor from Nightmare Before Christmas and what it means for political commentary. <laughs> That's your job now. Uh, so, uh, what else you got? Like, lay, lay something on me. Uh... uh, mostly just some little things. Um. Alright. So. We can go rapid fire yeah, lightning like, round. Yeah, ra- like, rapid fire lightning round. Um, Boogie Boogie doesn't die at the end of the movie. Um, which is, I, I, I thought was interesting when I first researched it. Um. But Santa Claus stepped on the, like, head bug. That's the implication. But that's not the case. Um. Oh. Because in Oogie's Revenge, like I said, Oogie Boogie's the villain, despite... A lot of his bugs dying yeah. 
in the first movie. Like, I think the implication of the movie when it was made is that, like, that was the head bug and, like, Oogie is dead. Um, but, you know, you know how multimedia franchises are. You, you retcon a thing or two along the way. Um, somehow Oogie Boogie returned. Somehow Oogie Boogie returned. Ba- I mean, that is that is basically the game. I was expecting more of a cutscene or something. <laughs> But, like, it, it's basically just somehow Oogie Boogie. The, the dude you like, the Matryoshka dude. He's just, oh, like, yeah. somehow Oogie Boogie returned, essentially. Um, I mean, you had to play Fortnite in 2004 or whenever yeah. this game came out to understand. If you, like... if you played Fortnite, Lock, Shock, and Barrel came up and they were like, Hey, we brought back Oogie Boogie. Here's how we did it. <laughs> That's a pretty decent impression of the girl, if I do say so. Um, that was good. I liked it. Yeah. But, um, I've been doing a lot of impressions, and that was the only one that I think I liked. Um, but um, but yeah, so they brought back Oogie Boogie. Um, so something that made me think about that a little, a little harder. Um, so one of the first... In fact, so um, the only Tons person he gets under his thrall in the video game is um dr finkelstein he takes out his brain and replaces it with a green mind control brain and um that got me thinking in the establishing shot that shows dr finkelstein's lab in the movie the interior of Mm -hmm. course he has a bug in his lab just one of the things he has he does is a bug and that got me thinking what if that is Oogie Boogie's head bug. Or like, what if that is, or even more, what if Oogie Boogie doesn't have a head bug necessarily? It just needs to have a bug. Well, where does Oogie Boogie's consciousness come from? Hive mind. Okay. Um, Like, I don't, I don't pretend to be a biological expert on Oogie Boogie. But um, but it got it got me thinking about like how he could have survived past the movie because we see a lot of them burn up. We see Santa Stomp, the one that was implied to be the head bug, but there is a bug still in Doctor Frankenstein's office that seems like it could potentially be an Oogie Boogie bug. If I recall, it even was potentially the same model as. It looked similar from my memory. Yeah, from my memory, I think it might have been the same model as the head bug. That got stomped by Santa, or like the alleged head bug. So, do you think it might be like a clone of Oogie Boogie's head bug that has his memory? That could be incredibly interesting. I think that has a lot of potential. Um, because then, really, all Lock, Shock, and Barrel have to do is steal that bug, and then and find, find some, some more random ass bugs to make a new Oogie Boogie. Yeah, and a burlap sack. And a burlap sack, but then it's probably burlap <laughs> for days in Halloween Town. It seems like. I would have oh lot. yeah, burlap's a dime a dozen. Yeah. Like, and I don't think his burlap even got destroyed. It just kind of got tossed to the side. So, no, yeah, he used like he got a thread that was like yeah. So yeah. like he, they could just use the same burlap. Um, yeah, but but so yeah, so I, I thought that was interesting. Potentially an explanation for why Doctor Finkelstein is the one that he controls in the game, and an explanation for how he in the first place um, could be that. Um, that his head bug was the one that was, or a clone of it. I like that theory. But yeah, so that's an interesting thing about Oogie Boogie that I was thinking about. Um, continuing the lightning round. Um, so wait, 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 wait. Um, so does Oogie Boogie die at the end of the game? 
It was very unclear. I was looking for that. Um, okay. Like, I remember, I, I don't know if you remember, before we were starting the recording, I was like, I told you I had to keep watching the cutscenes a little bit. Um, I was watching that particular cutscene. The bugs just kind of scurry off, and it's not very clear if he's dead mm. for real this time or what the deal is. Okay, because, like, we see his we see his grave in the Zero comic. Yes. Um, I mean, I assume at, at, at this point something is going to have to be done about Lock, Shock, and Barrel. Um, yeah. I assume at this point we really can't just... Like, I'm, I'm surprised they didn't get punished in any way for the first movie. Um, <laughs> but if, if they brought him back a second time, like, I assume something's going to happen. Um, right, yeah. To prevent this from happening again. But yeah, so I... I Oogie Boogie is soft canon dead at the end of Oogie's Revenge. I think if they, I think they gave themselves an out if they want to have another story starring Oogie Boogie as the main villain. Um, but I'd encourage them to to come up with a new one. <laughs> yeah, let, 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 let's let's get some new stories. This is a very rich yeah. world. Like, I mean, I'm still waiting for any world that shows the holidays that are Christmas and um, Halloween. Yeah, the, we've. I, it's wild to me. That, like, there's been this supplementary material and none of it has ever gone to another Yeah, like, there was even another video game, and that's, like, ripe for making every world of the game a different world in... That would have been so cool. And they didn't Disney, hire me to your video games division. Let me, let me pitch this like, Nightmare Before Christmas, um, every world is a... Nightmare Before Christmas RPG, every world is a different holiday <laughs> world. Like multiple video games comics and even like it's in kingdom hearts yeah none of them go to anything other than halloween and christmas it's really surprising to me i forgot it was in kingdom hearts yeah um yeah no it really is it it, that's one of the greater in addition to lock shock and barrel i feel like that's another source of untapped potential in the franchise that would be interesting to explore more i agree but um just looking through the rest of the stuff I have. Um, just tiny things. Um, similar to the Kentucky thing, I found it funny that um, Jack doesn't know what snow is, but he knows what mistletoe is. Um, That's really funny. But I also like that um, when he sees snow for the first time, he scoops up a big handful of it and eats it. I'm not saying that Jack has... He, he doesn't know what it is, but he eats I'm not it saying, off the ground. I'm not saying Jack's eaten dirt before, but Jack has eaten dirt before. Like... Jack Jack probably eats dirt normally. <laughs> I mean, he's a skeleton. That's true. Like, There's no so... real consequence to eating dirt. But yeah, no. he was probably buried in it dirt. It is funny that he doesn't know it's frozen water, but he still like just like puts it in his mouth, just like yeah, <laughs> just for for fun. Um, um, the, oh, something we debated that I don't really know if we have a clear answer on is Sally psychic or are the flowers psychic? There's like little flowers that she picks to have visions. And it's not clear if yeah. she's having the vision or if the flower is giving her a vision. Yeah, no, I remember talking about that when we watched the movie. Like, if any, if can anybody just pick one of these flowers and have a psychic vision, or does she just have these visions and it happened to be when she was picking that flower? As far as I know, we don't know. If if it's in the supplementary really material that I didn't come across, feel free to comment and, and tell us we're stupid. And, and that... <laughs> I would love an answer. I... I... I'm happy to be wrong about stuff like no, yeah. this. Uh, what's what's your theory? Is your theory Flower or Sally? I kind of feel like it's her. Okay. I, I also side Sally. That's That was 
I think what I think. I think Sally has the visions and the flowers are just kind of added flavor. Yeah. Um, and then just two tiny things. Um, snakes have arms, which is weird. Um, yeah, there was that snake in the in the dye yeah. that just had little tiny vestigial Boogie arms. Boogie's little pet snake has like little finny little arms. Um, that's not really lore. It's just it's funny to me that Halloween Town snakes have arms. Um, and um, oh, and then the last thing. This is just this is more like a, a something funny. Maybe a coincidence. Maybe not. I I'm not particularly tuned into Undertale to know if this is like something that's ever been addressed. Um, in the scene where Dr. Finkelstein is working on making his bride, um, when he's circling through the heads, there's a skull that looks damn near exactly like Papyrus from Undertale. It he does. It's weird. It's really funny. Like, I mean, like, obviously I'm not sitting here saying that Nightmare Before Christmas has an Undertale reference because that doesn't make sense. It, it came out years and years before. But, um. Yeah, predates it by like 20 years. I would be curious if anyone's ever like asked Tony Fox or if he's ever said anything about if this was um, an intentional, like, like he saw that design in the movie and he was like, that's cool. I'll make a character out of that. Or if um, it was just a pure coincidence that they look damn near identical. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't know. It could be either. I, I don't think, it really I don't could. think I lean I either way. I just think it's. One of those fun bits of trivia that, like, if Toby Fox tweeted tomorrow that um, Papyrus was inspired by that skull, I would be like, there you go. Makes sense. But if he tweeted that he'd never <laughs> even seen it before, I'd be like, yeah, well, you know what? That makes sense, too. <laughs> yeah. But, um... There's only so many ways you can draw a skeleton. It's true. It's true. It's more for me the mouth. Like, the mouth was the same, like, yeah. big, like, toothy, the way like, got that, like happy face, open. Yeah. And, like, the kind of pointed skull face. Yeah. Um, I think the chin was a little longer. But for the most part, it was very, very similar. Mm -hmm. And then, okay, I think the last big thing... Um, oh, wait, sorry. So last thing on the lightning round that I can think of is um, Sally and Jack canonically have kids. Um, yeah, several. Yeah, that was that was from the drama, the drama CD that we mentioned. Or no, it's it's just the soundtrack. It's this is in Japan. The soundtrack has an epilogue at the end where Santa Claus comes back a few years later and he sees that Jack's got like skeleton kids now. So Bone Daddy. Bone Daddy. Bone Daddy got some. Um, <laughs> I'm not even going to try to think about how that works. I don't want to. I, I don't really want to think about how a skeleton man and a rag doll managed to have children. Some things are better left. I, some some lore is better left unbroken. I, if you really want to know, I know a website you can go to find out. Is it? Is it like a porn website? <laughs> It's, it's uh, rule 34. Oh, yeah, well, I'm, I'm sure, yeah, I'm sure I could find many answers on that website as to this question. But I, I'm siding with some lord deserves to be unbroken. I mean, the, I do want to... Um, oh, I was just going to say the boring answer is that they just built them. Like, I mean, yeah. The boring answer is that... If you, if you can just build skeleton deer, I don't see why you can't just build skeleton Yeah, like kids. you could just build skeleton ragdoll hybrid children. Like, 
But that's the boring answer. I, I, I want to believe that they had sex, and I don't want to believe that I know how that worked. So they can they can have sex, and it doesn't have to be where the kids came from. They can, they, they can those two facts can exist. <laughs> also, I do want to say, like, I didn't know she was a rag doll. I thought she was a Frankenstein. Oh, I've always thought that she was like a zombie or a Frankenstein. But I, like, had that thought right before we started recording. I was like, I don't want to look like a fool. So I <laughs> so I, I, I Googled it. I was like, is Sally from The Nightmare Before Christmas? And then, like, in the, like, suggested questions, a rag doll came up. And I was like, uh-oh. <laughs> so I clicked it. And, and yeah, she's, she's apparently canonically a rag doll. She's not made of corpse parts like I, like I assumed she was. Which, actually, to be fair, that does answer the question that I had when we were watching it. When she, like, is stuffing herself with leaves, I was like, wait, she doesn't have, like, bones or muscles or organs or anything? And, um... She's just got leaves. She's got, yeah, she's got just leaves. leaves. Um, but that does explain it. But yeah, Sally, Sally's a ragdoll. Not a Frankenstein. Not a Frankenstein. Despite being created by someone who is clearly a parody of Frankenstein. So, <laughs> a little mixed messages on that one. Yeah. I mean, that's probably why I thought she was a Frankenstein. Like, she looks like she's made of stitched up corpse parts and, like, she was created by a Dr. F. Literally Stein. named Finkelstein. Like, it's, it's not <laughs> pretending he's not a Frankenstein. Speak. Um, but, um, so we're getting towards the end of the episode. The last thing that I remember we said we'd circle back to and I totally forgot. Um where the people from these holiday worlds come from. Um, we can discuss, like, the canon lore, but then I believe you had a certain old fanfic theory akin to my to my ghost theory that people voted in our Twitter poll that they liked that. So <laughs> if, if you guys like it, if it, it can't be every episode, but if one of us happened to have an old fanfic theory from back in the day, we can, we can share it at, at the end of the episode if we have one. Um, since you guys... Let's, let's start with the real lore. Yes. What do we know? What we know. Um, Jack has died before, I think. Um, because I think when he gets shot down, they mention double dead or something like that. He also does say, um, one of the lines in one of the songs is, since I am dead, I can take off my head. Yeah, that's his introduction song. And I He's, recite Shakespeare. Yeah, he literally describes yeah, himself yeah, yeah, as being yeah, yeah. dead. He calls himself dead. Um, so. Which may just be because he's a skeleton. A skeleton? Maybe he was born a skeleton? But, like, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. Do you... So do you think that, like... He's a real dead person? Or do you think that he was just born that way? Well, we can get into my theory. I mean, yeah, like, there's there's really not... I, I know I, I talked a big game about there being canon lore before your theory, but I don't think there really is much. It's it's mostly just, like, do you want to speculate, like, are the hanging people on the hangman tree actual humans from the human world? Are the, um... That'd be really it fucked up. It would be really... Yeah. I mean, the whole concept of the hanging tree is really fucked up. Ah. It's, a, it's a sentient tree with yeah. corpses hanging from it. Um, yeah... I know I wouldn't want to have corpses hanging from me all the no, time. No, me neither. But in the video game, he loses them, and he's he's quite concerned. So they have. A, it seems oh. like they have a sort of like rhino and um, that that bird. Uh, something. They also have a symbiotic. Yeah, like a symbiotic like 
the hanging tree likes having the skeletons and the skeletons feel less scared when they have the hanging tree. So it's a it's sort of they're bonded. They're they're a group. Um, but yeah, let's let's hear what you what you have. Let's give the people what they want. Okay, so when I was a kid, uh-huh. this is just like what I assumed from watching the movie. And like there's not much like textual evidence for it other than like Jack saying that he's dead and the way he can go through a graveyard, a, a, a little tomb to come back to Halloween Town. I just assumed that, like, holiday lands are a form of afterlife. Oh. And when people die, they become, like, residents of whatever holiday they loved the most. Interesting. And specifically Jack was like neck and neck Halloween and Christmas, but Halloween barely etched it out. And that's why he kind of got tired of it and wanted Christmas. That's an interesting theory. I, I really like, like the thought of that. That's like, um, it's like, uh, did you ever see that Tumblr post? Um, I think it was a Tumblr post. Um, it was like, what if the afterlife is, um, a bunch of realms based on the seven deadly sins and you go to whichever deadly sin you love most, like, Lust is just like a massive orgy all the time. Gluttony is like you're eating good food all the time. Um, greed, uh, my favorite sin. Greed, you're overwhelmed with wealth, like things like that. Um, it, it reminds me of that of that Tumblr post, but like for this for this movie. I mean, of course, your theory since you were a kid predates the Tumblr post, so good for you. But um. <laughs> Hey. It, it feels similar, and I, I mean, I, I like it. I think it's kind of fun. I think it's interesting. Um, I think it does somewhat help a lot. Like, granted, it, it means there should be way more residents than we see, but there's nothing saying that there isn't, because this is just the main town, um, and we never see outside the main town, and also because every character is made of, like, physical clay figures, you can't really... Yeah, they could only have a limited number of. You can't really like, go buck wild residents. on um, <laughs> the extras. Um, mm-hmm. I I like it though. Um, I mean, per that theory, um, does that mean Lock, Shock, and Barrel and the corpse? Did, did they the corpse kid? Did they die as children? Yes. Oof. And Lock, Shock, and Barrel probably died trick or treating. You think so? They died in their Halloween costumes. That's why they can't take them off. I mean, that raises an interesting question, though. Because remember, we discussed the, like, concurrent symbiotic relationship between things showing up in the Halloween realm and influencing how the holiday evolves in the real world. I didn't say that my childhood (laughs) fan theory correlates at all with the lore we've broken earlier in this episode. I'm not saying it makes any sense. I'm just saying this is what I thought as well, a kid. Well, I hate to poke holes in your clearly juvenile understanding of the film. <laughs> I'm, I'm just joking. I, I do like your theory. I don't think it, like, gels with any of the lore that we've broken, but I really like it from a, like, standpoint of just, it's interesting. It's fun. Um, I think it's really cool. I th- it's fun. Like, I don't think it, like, makes much sense in terms of, like, the actual lore of the movie. But if you're just l- 
if you're just watching the movie on a surface level, I think it can work. Yeah. So, like, how does it... Do you get to decide what, like, monster you're reincarnated as if you go to Halloween Town? Or, like, does it, like, read your I soul and, like, gives you whatever, like, it feels represents you best? Or I think it was kind of like a sorting hat type deal. <laughs> Damn. Yeah. We got two <laughs> Harry Potter references in this episode. <laughs> but, like, I also kind of feel like the people, like, they don't remember their old lives. I mean, that makes sense. This was just like, yeah, it's like a reincarnation. And they just, they don't remember it. They don't, this is just how they live now. They live as these horrible nightmare monsters. Yeah, that's just, and they're not, they don't seem upset with it. Like, no, they, they seem to genuinely enjoy their lives. They love Halloween. They love scary things. Yeah, everyone in Halloween Town seems very pleased and very in their element. They're all about killing and everything. Like. <laughs> I mean, they are, yeah. Like, I was laughing, but um, but they are. Like, they their their gifts involve like yeah. a dead turtle, like a, a dead rat. Like, yeah, they are very much cool with with killing and death. Um, yeah. <laughs> so I like that theory. Um, I guess we can like bring. Unless, do you have more to say about it? No, I kind of, I never thought too deep into it, really. Like, what I've said is basically all I ever came up with. So then I guess we can close out the, like, the episode episode before we do, like, goodbyes and promotions and stuff. Um, what holiday would you reincarnate into? Mine would be Christmas. I think I knew that. I think I, <laughs> you sure you don't want to reincarnate into Thanksgiving? <laughs> No. Are you sure? What would be yours? What would be yours? I'm, I'm, I'm sure. Um, I'm my... sure. Christ- I, I, Christmas is very special to me. Aww. Want to share? Or... We can say that for a different episode. No, I, there's, there's, not, there's not a reason for that. I just really like Christmas. I like everything about That's it. That's cute. Um, mine would also be Christmas, but um, I think it would be similar to Jack, where it's like a relatively close race. Because um, I think I do... I have really warmed up to Halloween. I like Halloween a lot. Um... You strike me as a Halloween. Yeah, but I think Christmas would win out. I think, but I think it would be super close. Like maybe I would be a Christmas elf and I would get like some sort of malaise and want to be kind of scary. Um. <laughs> oh no, no, you would be like one of those classic Christmas ghosts. <laughs> yeah, I'd be the ghost of I don't know whichever Christmas you want me to be. Well, I think Christmas Christmas past is usually the one that gets depicted as a girl. Um, I think they're I think they're non-binary in the in the actual text, but yeah, that 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 has a lot of it has a lot of potential for a future episode. So maybe even yeah, there's maybe even the next one, Christmas themed. We need a Christmas themed episode. Not committing, but maybe. (laughs) And speaking of episodes, I think that brings this one to an end. That's going to do it for us, baby. Yeah, we broke the lore of the Nightmare Before Christmas and its extended properties. Um, we did so much. We did. We This was a very good episode in terms of like actual like broken lore and theorizing and breaking stuff down. Um, I remember when we were watching the movie, I was very excited. And I think that proved to be correct. Oh, yeah. It's... It ended up being, I didn't, 
I didn't, I wasn't really jazzed about the idea of doing an episode on Nightmare Before Christmas going in, but once I started watching the movie and realizing how much there really is to talk about, I got really excited about it. No, yeah, like, the movie just had, it had a ton. Like, the second, There's... from the very first scene, I realized we had, we had a gem. We had, oh, yeah. we had a hit on our hands with, with episode content. So, I'm very pleased with, with what we've discussed today. I feel like this episode turned out very well. Me too. I hope you guys like it too. Yes, thank you for listening. And yeah. um, if you enjoyed this episode, there's a whole backlog you can listen to if you haven't heard us before. And also, yeah, just you can check out our Patreon. You can check out all of the wonderful uh, shows available on the Dude Media Network. Yeah, you should check out all of our stuff. Check out all of our links, which are in the episode description. As usual, Check out our Twitters, my Twitter, Sarah's Twitter, and the podcast's Twitter um, to keep up with my personal life and dumb media thoughts, her personal life and jokes, and the show's promotions and little commentaries. Um, Again, subscribe to our Patreon if you want to support us in a more financial way. If you can, of course. Don't do it if you can't. (laughs) Um, And... um, cool rewards like you can do q a's with us we're gonna do um depending on the level you sign up for q a's shout outs um media commentary if you want to hear us watching a movie like the nightmare before christmas and commenting on it we do a lot of out loud commenting when we watch things we do we have honestly that's kind of why we started doing a show like this is we just make comments about that kind of stuff when we're watching movies so like you sign up for that tier you're gonna get some really just like even really funny off the cuff jokes. We make a lot of jokes when we're watching things <laughs> that I think are pretty funny. So sign up for that tier if you want to hear stuff like that. And yeah, thank you for supporting us. If you liked the episode, you know the little YouTube end of episode slogan, sort of like the episode, share it, tell your friends, subscribe. Um, but yeah, tell your friends. We're trying to build an audience now that we're back from hiatus i appreciate you guys supporting us and sticking with us through hiatus thank you thank you for listening thank you so much for listening and happy holidays early merry christmas to all and to all a good fright (laughs) wow that's really the ending note of this episode isn't it yes it is good night (laughs) 